We're getting well on the Wild Edible World podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael. And this is Steve. We're coming at you, uh, you know, from one of our favorite little spots. And we are here to uh, give you a little forehead kisses, cut your little grilled cheese sandwich in half diagonally, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just give you, give you some love. This is our episode where we're going to talk about uh, things that we like to do uh, to keep ourselves svelte during the uh, winter season. Yeah, we're staying cozy with another indoor series episode all about remedies to help us all get through the cold weather and increased illness era. So um, I think starting off, I th- one thing most people are familiar with is just like a good hearty soup. And we talk a lot. I mean, the whole focus of this podcast is food. food is medicine. You yeah. know, this stuff is nutritional. It's good for you. It's delicious. Most importantly, it's delicious, mm-hmm. but it's also medicine, you know? So a good hearty soup goes a really long way because, um, you know, a lot of the ingredients that we're probably going to hear a couple times throughout this episode, like whenever you make a normal soup stock, um, or I guess it's not just soup, soup stock, it was bone broth that you mentioned, yeah, right? Yeah, bone broth. Because yeah, there's a big fave. difference there, right? Absolutely. Bone broth is like uh, the Mr. Miyagi of soup stock. Mm. You know, it's that uh, 36 hours slow roasted, uh, all the good cartilagey bits from uh, from the uh, the animal that was gracious enough to grace you with its with its uh, you know goods. And it's yeah, it's the the coating, nourishing, uh, giving back what you don't get this time of year. So you're not able mm-hmm. to go outside. You're not able to get that good sunlight and there's not as nearly as much of a, uh, like vegetable harvest or, um, you know, things of that nature. And, you know, eggs right now are freaking outrageous. I don't know if you've seen the prices. They're nuts. Yeah. So this is just protein from another source. Bone broth per uh, cup can have as many as like 10 to 12 grams of protein. And that's just in, you know, a, a soup, essentially. Yeah. And, and boon, bones at your local butcher or your grocery store are going to be very affordable. Yeah, absolutely. If, if, you, go, if you go to the right place, um, then, yeah, dirt cheap for sure. Um, so... Whenever you make like a complete bone broth, it's uh, it's going to be like you said, it's like almost jelly. It's gelatinous, yeah, um, and it's really good for your skin too. So that's one of the things I love is like how uh, good it is for just like on a. It kind of fills a, a pretty big part of the spectrum. It really does. Yeah, yeah. skin joints, uh, the lining of your stomach to prevent those um, to prevent those like histamines from breaking through and making you all freaking mm. stuffed up and gross <laughs> i've yeah i needed more soup in my life the last couple of weeks so this we're talking about what we typically do yeah um, this is what i do yeah in the winter man just i should have soup it been up drinking more soup souptober to uh uh, uh superuary <laughs> yeah 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 like that. <laughs> or or yeah, we're not going to go further in the year than that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Too, it would be, it would, March would be difficult. Yeah, yeah. April's worse. <laughs> yeah. Super? Oh, that's. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, that's it's better. Bad. Yeah. Super. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Souptober to Super. Super. Okay, maybe it's worse again. Anyway, so soup is great. It's really good for you, and it's an easy way to bring a lot of this nourishment that we're kind of missing in the wintertime. Um, so that's what we thought would be a good way to kick off uh, a remedy episode um 
what I wanted to talk about specifically was just like a plant that I don't think we would really have much space for in a normal uh, plant-focused episode. But it is a really prevalent invasive plant, and it is also um, a well-known and well-used medicinal plant, uh, and and that's mullein. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have confusion over uh, sheep's ear, um, and there's a couple other like common misnomers, but this is one that you're going to find along the side of um, railroad tracks, like all the time. That's not necessarily where you're going to harvest it, but that's just a, an example of its pattern of advantageous growing. Um, I find it on the slopes of hills, just about any hill that has uh, a lot of erosion. Um, it's going to set up camp there really easily. Uh, and the cool part about mullein is how much of it grows. Have you ever seen mullein before? Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I was just going to comment on that one. Mullein, I've heard it called mullein or candlestick. Sure. Uh, because yeah. of that, the stock? Yeah, the stat. Yeah, because you can, uh, what is it that you like coat, or is it naturally a candlestick? Um, or do you have to coat oh, it? Oh, I don't know. But it, it looks similar to a candlestick. That's I'm what I'm pretty I sure empty, to. you can, it's like, it is actually. You can make pretty, a candle out of it? I, or, no, you coat it with something. Don't um, tell me that. But, I'm going to no, go, okay, okay, okay. go look right now. But the <laughs> leaves are really good to get to the point of uh, why it's a medicinal plant. Um, it contains a lot of like, um, mucus releasing components so Mm -hmm. people will put it in teas but um you know a lot of the more mainline folk medicine people will just um crumble dry it out completely um it's Mm -hmm. like really fuzzy and furry looking um and you just dry it out completely break it up and roll it up into a cigarette a smokable a cigarette cigarette, (laughs) and then you smoke it and um while that does sound kind of counterintuitive to whenever you're wanting to heal your lungs that's also the like the most direct way of getting something into the blood um the blood system in your lungs so uh i haven't used it that way myself but i have seen tons of anecdotal evidence from um, all sorts of plant users that have said that it is one of their favorite cough medicines that really just helps clear out their chest um, or their sinuses. So people will put it into a tea or an herbal vapor. Um, so you can do like a facial steam with it, and that'll really help too. And there's also records of uh, farmers using it. They'll smoke it for their cattle. So they'll start like uh, a fire and like you know how you smudge sage? Yeah. So like that, but for your cattle. And, and it, it helps out the livestock as well. Like, the, it, the, the, it helps the livestock breathe better? Or, yeah. I mean, or is same, it for same, like pests and stuff? Same or? thing it does for us, I, I would assume. Of course. Well, yeah. that, I've never heard of a farmer cool? practice. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Um, cool. Well, And that's really all that I know about mullein. Uh, mullein, I you know, it's... However you want to pronounce it's, it's it. It's something that when you, like, when so it's it's a the plant itself is biennial, so it'll pop up every other year at flowers, um, uh, but it, it'll still have leaves no matter what, and then um, just those flowering years stock up for the next one, and then... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and then try to remember to, you know, deal with the seed stock responsibly, because yeah. there are, like, thousands and thousands of seeds um, in this, in this, this, the flower stock. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The seed stock grows to, like, it's so cool two looking. or three feet long sometimes. Like, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but that contains a lot of seeds, so just be mindful of how you're dispersing them and try not to be too impactful on your local environment. 
but also do take advantage of a highly medicinal plant that is also a pretty aggressive colonizer. And then worst comes to worst, if you can't find it, like right now, if you're listening to it, like, damn, I'd really like to smoke some of that. You can you can order it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do it that way. Yeah, there are all sorts of um, online resources. One of our favorites is forage.market. We are hoping... That they'll be our, our best friends Notice soon. Notice us. So, <laughs> Notice us, senpai. <laughs> but yeah, so we got uh, uh, Malayne. And then another um, pairing, I think, uh, with just kind of like the cold medicine remedy um, and just focusing on a single ingredient aspect while in our first half is, I think, elderberry. So we've done a whole episode on elderberry and elderflowers. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend all of you current listeners... If you haven't listened to the elderberry episode, go back and listen to that because we do talk a little bit about the antioxidant and the um, really anti, it's like anti-cold. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's preventative. Yeah. It is active. Like it's it's really kind of like a super, super berry. It is. It, if in, in the case of a remedy episode, this, this is definitely a star. Uh, one of one of a few, but yeah, this is definitely a, a heavy hitter. Go listen to that episode because mm-hmm. we're not going to get super into the deets because we already did it we already talked about it it. so this is yeah (laughs) solid plug for our past selves shout out us from the past but you can make gummies you can make syrup you can freeze it into like ice cubes and put it in uh drinks i make jello a jello of course yeah Yeah. awesome (laughs) yeah i can imagine jello or uh, elderberry jello sweetened with raw honey yeah that's so good So I guess, yeah, we have one more thing to talk about in the single ingredient aspect, and that that's really important, and that's raw honey. Yes. So, and I guess most specifically, we wanted to emphasize local raw honey, local to you, supporting your local bee farmers, and also getting, um, you know, a bunch of uh, flora and bacteria from your local environment, because that's what's really important about the raw aspect of it, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The the your your local honey is gonna con, is gonna be full of uh, the pollen and stuff that you're, or is gonna be made from the pollen and stuff that you're breathing in. That's causing your sinuses and and uh, allergies to go crazy. So that's the stuff you want to uh, calm it down. I don't know how it works. Let's ask some bees. Well, I yeah, and I'm going out on a limb here. I imagine it works in the same way um, vaccines technically do, where it's that it's introducing kind of a dormant form for your uh, immune system to recognize it, or it's delivering it to your body in a way that's like, oh, this is friend, not foe, and it makes you less inflamed. Sure. But I'm not... What we were going to say, we're not we're doctors. We're not doctors. That is an important point we wanted to make in this episode. If yeah. you have any underlying conditions, medical conditions, uh, before you put any of this stuff in your body, except for the bone breath, I think you're pretty clear on that. Yeah. Um, then de- definitely research it beforehand. I mean, it's j- just in case. Just also, so- I guess if we're making disclaimers, raw honey is not good for babies. Yeah. So don't coat your babies in raw honey, nor <laughs> or feed, feed them it. To, oh, feed it to them. Yeah, don't feed it to them. Um, but yeah, raw raw honey. Raw honey is great. So it's really really good for you. It's packed with nutrients. It's really soothing. It's good for your skin. So you can do like it's a good sugar. For it's it's really kind of one of these like miracle substances. Yeah. It doesn't go bad. I think that's really well known about mm-hmm. it. Doesn't go bad. Um, 
And you can ferment it as well. If you introduce sure. a little bit of moisture, depending on what it is, you can also get a little bit of that extra fermentation action going sure. on there. Pro tip for the raw honey, um, it can be damaged by temperatures that are too hot. So if you're making tea with honey, uh, you don't want to use boiling water. You want to use just below that. So maybe once you pour it over the leaves or, or whatever you're using, give it a few seconds to kind of... Uh, temper and then you can add your honey in that way you're not damaging any of that good stuff that you want from it yep exactly yeah it is pretty temperature sensitive that's the point of the, it being raw is that it is completely unprocessed unheated unfiltered um, I mean I guess it's sort of filtered because they're separating it from the comb yeah but I digress I think that draws us to a good point for our first half and then we'll come back after our break and talk a little bit more of the not necessarily more complicated things but just more multiple ingredient involved mm -hmm. things What's wrong, buddy? Well, I, I just got this new water bottle, but it just looks so plain. Well, have I got the store for you. Introducing the Wild Edible World Podcast Merch Store. Wowie wow! It's the merch store where you can get all of your favorite podcasts merch for all your decorating purposes. How do I find that? Go to wildedibleworldpod.shopify.com or go to any of our Instagram and media accounts and view the link in the bio. Wowie wow! Don't worry, we're back. You missed us. It's okay. We missed you, too. It's true. Um, I personally want to start this half off by um, thanking our wonderful musician, Brett Westcott, for just like the couple really freaking cool tunes and we a couple little variations. Jamming. We were just jamming so hard before this. Yeah, we always <laughs> just kind of like play the music in between like we're... You know, like we're a professional studio or something <laughs> where we get to hear our own music, but normally we don't. But uh, yeah, thanks, Brett, for making some really awesome tunes. Thanks, Laura Feller, for making a really awesome logo that we're able to turn into keychain stickers and magnets and yada, yada, yada. Um, some maybe someday we'll actually get a pre recorded gratitude thing to play at the end of every podcast, but for now, you get this strange individual and unique gratitude you lucky duck and thanks for everybody for listening to that you the best as well and for listening to this show we're all really grateful for you guys too as we try to mention anyway so i guess we'll start with um fire cider yeah who's had it before by a show of hands my hand went up yeah, Michael, just Michael's had it. I, uh, I've had it. I like it. I think it's great. Um, it's 
Um, a little too spicy heavy for me, but that's the point. It's called Fire Cider. It's so spicy. So it's supposed to be kind of... And I, I, I think of it like in niacin, where it's kind of like... It's getting your stuff. It's pushing stuff to the surface. You sure, know, sure. it's making you sweat. You know, it's mm-hmm. squeezing your juices out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. So fire cider, just I guess a very basic explanation, is a bunch of stuff that's real good for you. Sure. In yeah. a jar. So typically, like what? Onions, garlic, jalapeno. Yeah. Um. I forget what else. Ginger. Ginger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, For good chunks sure. of ginger. Um, and then, um, but I think that's a pretty good solid frame. Apple cider vinegar is. Uh, yeah, that's the main. That's the main component. Yeah. So it's all this stuff soaking in the apple cider vinegar for about three months, I think, is the earliest you would want to consider it an actual fire cider. But um, I took a fire cider making class at the Wild Harvest Festival <laughs> a few months ago. And um, even uh, Linda Black Elk was just talking about, um, outside of that class, was talking about how she will sometimes have fire ciders that just sit on the shelf for a year. And if she's feeling a little sniffly or something, she might feels like she might have something coming on. She'll just kind of like reach into that jar and even pluck an onion out and just Ooh. like chomp on it. Like she just leaves the vegetables in there the whole time. And they're basically just kind of slow pickling and fermenting a little bit in there. But sure. basically, it just kind of continues to seep uh, and to kind of transfuse all those flavors and nutrients into the whole the whole thing. I like it. Have you ever eaten any of the vegetables out of the I jar? Have not. So I've, I've got a couple. So brave. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of jars uh, that we made for that class that are ready now. And it's I <laughs> walk by that jar every time. It's like mm, mm. I kind of want to. Pluck out a little bit of ginger or something and munch you on definitely it. Definitely should. That sounds awesome. Nice little boost, especially since it's it's ripe. You know exactly. Prime. Yeah, ripe. It's a perfect season for it. So this is yeah, just combining all those food is medicine philosophies and but also you know there are facts to why an onion is good for you for sure and why a jalapeno is good for you. Mm-hmm. You know none of these things are bad. It's not candy. These are mm-hmm. an interesting way of getting um, vegetables and nutrients and a little bit of sipping vinegar into your life. Um, I I love vinegar. I love vinegar. I know a lot of people. For sure. Yeah, it's kind of a hot, cold issue. You mm-hmm. either love it or you hate it. Nobody's kind of like, eh. Yeah, vinegar, eh. Meh. It's too strong of a flavor to have an <laughs> eh to it, right? It doesn't add, you can't you can't have that. Even if you're not a nut that drinks like straight apple cider vinegar like us, uh, you still like it. There's an application for you. Yeah, you know, absolutely, everybody. Well, definitely. I mean, a lot of even like so vinegar, um, I think is a really healthy a, a healthy habit to have in the winter time. And there's lots of non-alcoholic, if you guys are participating, it is Jan- dry January. Mm-hmm. If you if one is participating in dry January, there's lots of fun opportunities to make different uh, non-alcoholic cocktails. Or what other people call shrubs. Shrubs. Yeah. I've never heard that. Really? Yeah. Shrubs are basically just... Um, so a, a hyper simple shrub is seltzer water, honey, and vinegar. Mm. And you just mix them together. And basically, it's a way of getting raw honey into your system, vinegar into your system, and the seltzer makes it really yummy and bubbly. It sounds excellent. It's awesome. I had one today. I drink one like every other day. Shrubberies. 
Like Monty Python? Shrubberies, know? yes. Yeah. Actually, that is one of the jokes. Yeah, I have a pen <laughs> that says, uh, show me your shrubberies or your shrubs or like something it. like that. But yeah, that's That's quite, awesome. No, yeah. I've, I've never tried that. That so, sounds great. But that again, that was just like a basic framework of what a shrub is. There's a, a variety of different like combos and other things you can add into it. So like non-alcoholic bitters, if you really want to make like an actual cocktail cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, I think vinegar is still a really... A valuable component to that, but shrubs and um, fire cider, mm-hmm. yeah, are kind of not necessarily parallels, but I think they both have a lot to do with vinegar, and um, vinegar is also good in your soups. So that bone oh, stock sure. we were talking about earlier, almost ne- almost necessary. Vinegar helps break down the cartilage and draw out the nutrients from the bones and. Yeah. My man. Vinegar. Yeah. Salt, fat, acid, heat. That's right. Right? And vinegar is that acid that we're kind of missing. Some people throw in lemons. That's also applicable. That's cool. I think lemons would probably also go into your fire cider, maybe. Yeah. Um, Oranges. uh, Citrus. Some type of citrus Mm -hmm. goes into Mm -hmm. a fire cider as well. Yeah. It it needs it a little bit. It needs that that brightness. A little bit of... Exactly. Brightness. Exactly what I was going to say. Um, and then while you're talking about like fire cider and all those delicious things, I thought popped into my head, uh, ginger, ginger beer, ginger bugs. Mm-hmm. So making a ginger bug. So like a little, little, uh, colony of, of bacteria, ginger dudes, um, making your own soda from that can be a very fun and healthful thing to do right now as far as like, uh, you know, fun ways to stay healthy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I just kind of, and I don't know why this just popped in my head, but I'm going to throw it back, I think, to the first half when we were talking about honey. And you can actually, um, I think turmeric is a pretty well-known medicinal spice. So, okay, so we talked about this just briefly before we um, started recording. And I think a good, a valuable segment that we could talk about right now is spices, Almost just like, uh, and herbs, just regular yeah, things that a lot of people have in our cabinet. So I was just mm-hmm. about to talk about fermenting turmeric in honey. And so that's an interesting way of getting uh, both of those medicinal benefits. But you mentioned... Oregano. Oregano and rosemary, rosemary tinctures. So yeah. tincturing is a really good way to get... Oh um, is a, is a, a remedy parallel... Um, preventative treatment but also you were you used it actively for a gut issue right? yeah yeah if uh, uh, oregano in particular is very good at contr- at helping control um like a gut issue as far as like over over uh bloom of certain t- types of gut bacteria uh oregano oil and oregano tinctures can be a great way to to treat those and i mean the, a little more research should be done of course uh depending on your specific situation but just these natural uh herb oils and and just the uh just the polyphenols and all the all the goofy little things that are inside of them are just so good for you yeah that's part of what makes them so delicious you know i think there's um medicine doesn't have to taste bad uh and a lot of the times there's a lot of those parallels drawn of like, oh, dandelions, they're really bitter because that's, you know, it's that healthy for you. But there's, I think, a wrong, there's a wrong misinterpretation of bitter being a, a bad flavor mm-hmm. and that 
Um, you know, I think a lot of people, especially foragers that I personally know, a lot of us are growing to enjoy bitter flavors more the more we've Grown kind of like bitter. just lived with them, those flavors, and it just being a part of some of these processes and some of these more adventurous ingredients. Um, but we start to realize, like, sometimes we start, I, I kind of crave bitterness sometimes. Absolutely. Especially like pine uh, or spruce tip season like oh i'm already ready for it right now i mm -hmm. pickled spruce tips because i want that like bitter piney spruceness um but yeah using the uh, rosemary oil uh tincture i haven't used tinctures very much mm -hmm. especially not herbal tinctures i have used like a reishi tincture but it's just mm. kind of like a I don't know. It was just experimental, and I wasn't dropping it underneath my tongue or anything. I was just adding a squirt into my coffee every day because I've read about how uh, good it is for your like, uh, just like immune defense. Sure. I'm interested in lion's mane tinctures for like memory health and stuff like that. Yeah, um, so I have some coffee. I'll bring you. I have some coffee that is uh, infused. It's by uh, Four Sigmatic. Um, so I, it's I have lion's mane, uh, reishi. And I think I might even have cordyceps. And I have, uh, it, they, they make a line of coffee, uh, like golden lattes, like matcha tea. And I, have, I just have a ton because uh, I had an auto order and I forgot to turn it off. Um, but segueing from your, uh, from your bitter, your, your talk about bitter things, mm -hmm. I, just, I think that's like a good indicator that maybe like our current Western diet is maybe a little bit too sweet. Well... Well, it's lacking. Yeah. It's severely lacking, I think. It doesn't take a food scientist to mm -hmm. know that the typical American diet is missing a lot. And everything has just so much uh, added sugar. And sugar. And Too so sugar. so when you're used yeah. to living in that in that sugary swamp, <laughs> yeah. The 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 bitter things uh taste a little more bitter. They so taste when you worse, yeah. Yeah. So so when you start to uh, acclimate your palate to the things that we've been eating and the things that we like to eat. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, you start to like it for well, sure. Should, yeah, I love and bitter. you start to realize like, oh, it's not that bitter. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's really not that bad. And that sweet stuff is like, I can't, I, I mean, I've never really been able to eat that much cheesecake, but I can't finish a slice of cheesecake. It makes me, it, I, I start to get like nauseous. I like it with berries. It's gotta have berries on it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but you exactly. get that that batter that still is kind of like balancing it with these like deeper tones. You know, it's not all sugar, and there's more natural sugars in there. So and, it's and a when I when I make cheesecake, I make it less sweet, and I put more like lemon peel and stuff like that in it. Things that I would love to try your cheesecake. Oh, I'll make sometime. a cheesecake. I make a hell of a cheesecake. Um, Sweet uh, stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to tinctures. Maybe yeah, let's talk yeah, a little bit. A basic uh, primer on how to tincture something, right? Sure. So it's... Correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never made one. Have sure, you ever I, made I, one? I've, I've never made one. Okay. So I'm pretty sure it's... You take a really high-proof alcohol. So mm -hmm. basically the highest-proof alcohol uh, vodka you can find. Spiritus. Or, or Espiritus and Everclear... Which sure. is going to have like you know the highest proofs you can white find. lightning you may or may not have made in your own oh basement <laughs> yeah <laughs> or moonshine um, maybe not moonshine I bet moonshine would work yeah, fine the same thing yeah. yeah so basically you just steep these ingredients whatever uh, medicinal qualities you want to extract um, you steep them for a designated period of time it kind of long time I think yeah I think it changes depending yeah. on the ingredient sure. and how permeable they are but. 
Um, there's also dual extraction. So the reishi supplement that I was taking specifically was dual extraction because there's some medicinal compounds that are water-soluble, and mm -hmm. then there are some that are alcohol-soluble. And sure. some of the more important, or, you know, quote -unquote important stuff is alcohol-soluble, which is why tinctures are, have been used for as long as we've had high-proof alcohols. But I think a well-rounded experience is really important, too, having the water-soluble stuff, too. But can't necessarily do that with your homemade, uh, I mean, I suppose, a rosemary, yeah, half and half tincture of like alcohol and water, basically just making a rosemary tea and then mixing it with the tincture you made. And you just said the magic word, tea. That's tea. Our, that's our next next, next uh, segue here. Uh, the When we talked about soups, we talked about delicious honey things, yep. fermented beverages, fire ciders, uh, herbal teas and herbal like things like the rose hips that you've been going mm -hmm. going crazy with uh great great tea item uh there's a ton of uh flowers and like uh conifer needles and things that make a just a delicious tea i'm actually super excited to try those spruce tips in like a wild soda you i think you talked about that maybe in a past episode or yeah, or something. I don't absolutely. Know if it's well, there's also pine needle soda yeah, that's going around soda. right now. That it's it's very hot. Yeah, to make pine needle soda. Pine needle soda is so hot right Thanks, now. Thanks, Alexis Nelson. Hansel. But yeah, herbal teas. I mean, it's also a great opportunity to kind of clear out your cabinet. I know I collect all sorts of herbal flowers and, and leaves all throughout the year, so it's a great time to use up. I mean, and a lot of these things. Um, are kind of thought, I mean, I've thought of them mostly as kind of savory herbs, but really it's, they're just herbs. They're not just for food. You can make a tea with them too. And those flavors still when playing with other ingredients like rose hips or um, kind of like a dehydrated orange that you have or some of these other things like, I don't know, I'm just talking about stuff that's in my pantry right now. Oh, for sure. No, but, that's, that's or perfect. elderberries, dried elderberries mm -hmm. even. So um, if you have an, overabundance and you made enough syrup you made enough gummy bears or whatever you can then even go further and dehydrate the berries and use those in tea and now your tea has some nice elderberry immunodefense and beautiful color mm -hmm. so um, herbal teas are really great uh, it's kind of hard to be specific on what they provide because it really depends on what you put in them well i, I think just looking at it very like from a higher elevation um in in the winter, I find that I crave like cruciferous vegetables, so like like greens and and uh, broccoli and stuff like that. And I almost wonder if it's like the lack of vitamin D that I'm getting, if that that those teas and those uh, those leafy greens and stuff like that is like an an infusion of that. Yeah. So just looking at it from a super basic standpoint, yeah. like like your body isn't getting as much sun, sun sunshine, so. Let's get it some, you know, sunshine made whole, made physical. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's always that phrase, or there's the tip that you can dry mushrooms in sunlight, and that infuses the mushrooms with vitamin D, but pot plants uh, that just grow out there, I believe, yeah. absorb certain amounts of vitamin D, and when we are really lacking it, those little bits do matter and that's where they're getting their energy from i mean it's just exactly it's a, an energy there's no way cycle. it's not there yeah exactly so um with that i think i think we should land the remedy plane unless there's anything else about herbal teas no, I, um, I guess 
I guess we would. I, I would like to draw the generalization that you should try to keep everything below boiling. Yes. Um, you boil your water Agreed. first, let it cool for a couple minutes, and then uh, steep your ingredients. Um, that's especially important for any ingredients that contain vitamin C. Yeah. Um, there will still be de degradation and loss of vitamin C, but it will be much less. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. Um, I think you nailed it there. And, you know, you can make tea in less hot water. Just steep it for a little bit longer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you can make tea in cold water. Even, yeah, for sure. You know, I make coffee in cold water. Yeah. So um, it's all, it, it, the water gets in there. It's nature's greatest solvent, most abundant solvent, I guess I should say. Um, they taught us in science, science class that it was the universal solvent. I'm not sure that entirely <laughs> holds true, but it definitely it will permeate anything. So you could do uh, even like sun sunbrewed tea, right? With yeah, herbal tea a, and like sit it on your windowsill. Yeah. yeah, sit it on your windowsill. Uh, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm, Let's do that. We'll talk about it maybe in two or three weeks. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll brew some, get some started tonight. We'll each bring in our little tea, our little sun tea, iced tea. I'll get mine started tomorrow. I'm gonna do. Don't hold me to that. Don't hold me. <laughs> All right, sounds good. But yeah, well, it's been a blast. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we hope you guys learned a little bit of something and are reminded of that bag of elderberries that you got in the back of your freezer that you could turn into something that can really help you and your family right now. And and let's get a little bit more movement on Instagram. Tag us in your stuff. We want to see yeah, if we you're see what doing you're anything with yeah. this stuff, uh, with this info. If you've um, ever gotten any of our merch, if we've mailed you any stuff, show it off. Let me see where you put your pins. If you bought a pin from us, where have you put it? That's what no. I want to see. Tag us on Instagram. Show us where you put your pins. Pin us. Pin ups. <laughs> well, all right, that's the next thing. Yeah, it's time to go. Stephen Michael pinups. All right, bye. Bye.